This year, I've used a filter of vibrancy. So I'm very focused on how does this make me feel? Am I more vibrant when I'm around this partner, this person, this container, all of those things. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Karine Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Welcome, everybody, to another conversation on your Badass Journey podcast. Today, my guest is Jackie Service. She is one of my sole partners in life and business. We have combined forces and launched um, Clever Services last year, which I did share some of that with you before. If you've been a longstanding listener, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, let me give you a little heads up on who Jackie is so you can understand how best she can serve you today. Jackie is someone who has been brought up in different corporate executive roles, helped really manage the HR function, but also like a hyper-focus on performance and what's best when it comes to people management and people strategies. And she then evolved into an amazing executive leadership coach that has helped not only um, high C-suite executives reach their potential in their jobs, but now also has been working with entrepreneurs to make sure that they are thinking about who they need to be as a leader, but also build the people strategy and the team dynamic and the corporate culture that aligns with what the impact is that they want their business to have in the world, in the environment, in the society that they're in. So... For today, I decided to invite my dear friend Jackie to today's conversation because I wanted to focus on how best we can love on our teams. As I said, this month's theme is all about love. You know, it's one of my core values. And it's something that Jackie and I can riff on for a long, long, long time. We can riff on basically anything because, like I said, she's one of my sole partners. And so I thought I'd bring her on today and and share the dialogue with you so you can benefit from some of these tips and methods and just thought process on how best to connect, engage, and love on your team. So welcome, Jackie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. And what a beautiful theme for the month, right? To really stay grounded in love and love on yourself, love on your teams, and love in different relationships you're in. So happy to be here and happy to jam out on all things loving on your team. Yeah. So when it comes to figuring out that, like I, I shared in a previous episode how, you know, we have this facade in our professional lives, like that we cannot show our human side, right? Like it has to be transactional. And you and I have both worked in really large corporations before where there's a posturing sometimes that occurs when you're moving up in management. And when you, or even if you're thinking about going up for a promotion, that you have to think about who you need to be as opposed to bringing your best and like shining a light on who you truly are and how that environment benefits for you. So I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, when if someone is sitting in a posturing energy, but they're really feeling a call to like, humanize their stance as a leader and and get more connected to self and their uh, deeper connection and interaction with their teams how can they first do some like self identification work or 
maybe navigate, you know, the delayering of all the who they thought they had to be and really step in who they can be in order to benefit that. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I've lived it, right? I know you have too. I I so I always talk from lived experience. So working for a Fortune 50 organization, I started to notice and conform to different um, habitual behaviors that were really praised in the culture. So I started to notice that as I showcased certain behaviors, all of a sudden I was getting noticed and I was being classified a high potential. And things like you know changing the way I might communicate in a meeting or on the telephone or via email, any types of communication would shift to kind of fit the model versus being truly authentic to myself. And the people-pleasing tendencies were high. And what I realized in my own journey, um, for those that know it, is my body actually broke down because I was so out of my body and trying to people-please and be somebody else in this this type of environment. And I'm seeing that more and more with leaders. I know you are too, where it's really coming to the surface when we're not authentic to ourselves, when we do not have permission to bring our full selves into the environment and or culture we work with, humans are starting to feel that in their body, in their mental health, in how they process um, that energy out of them. And so I know you and I and and the work we do with Clever Services are seeing more and more leaders say, hey, I need help. And I don't know if I can continue to go to the executive boardroom and bite my tongue when I'm feeling a certain way or not bring a conversation that needs to be had to the forefront. And so I'm actually seeing this really beautiful shift in the energy of people that are seeking help and advice in how they can show up their most authentic self around the boardroom table. Yeah. And it, I think it's also even with um, their direct reports sometimes too, you know, like when you are in that, I mean, it's a great example of saying, you know, who did you have to be to succeed in that system? Right? Like who did you have to be to... Um, and I know this from even my own history and how it affected my health and and almost shut me down. And I would have to go through bouts of like, I just can't work at all. Like running me ragged to the point of total disconnect from who I am and what my body needed or what I what I needed to feel great about how I stand in this world and show up for others in a way that they felt was productive because I was trying to prove something. You know, I think in your 20s, you have this like prove something energy because you really are clueless and you don't know anything from like what it means to be successful in a work environment. However, your skills and your contribution matters. And and it's like the realignment that we're seeing when you get up to the executive level of, holy shit, I got here because I was posturing all this time Mm -hmm. and I was being someone that I truly am not. And I feel like an imposter. Like I I constantly have this imposter syndrome conversation with people because they're feeling like an imposter themselves showing up in a room of other imposters because what's the reality here? Like who's being authentic in order to get this done? And I think the way it manifests in our relationships, who we're attracting in, it even shows up in who we start hiring. Because if you're posturing in your leadership stance, then you're also looking for that or or finding a connection with others who are also posturing back to you because that's how you're showing up. 
Like everything you do is reflected back to you. Uh, so when it comes to that development and that um, that awareness at that that C-suite level, it's really nice to be seeing and assist those those teams of leaders to become more authentic and become more connected to self. But how can we help people like avoid <laughs> sitting in that stance for too long? You know, like what are some of the things? Maybe if we share some of the tips and tricks and the methods we use with our our C-suite leaders that we work with. So that anybody listening who's just starting out on building a team, like maybe they're hiring for the first time or they're pining for a promotion and and they're trying to figure out, well, how can I do this in an authentic way? Because the way I see the people above me doing it, I don't want to be that. But I know that I can have impact and I know that I can, you know, create the you know, growth and the um ability for others to grow under me. Like, so tell me a little bit about that maybe like how do we how do we coach or advise our listeners who might be going through it right now to be more authentic in their stance? Yeah, I I love that question. And it's so interesting. I I had a conversation with a dear friend who's an executive who the environment, just like you said, the environment above her is very different than how she feels authentically and showing up as her true self as leader. And we had a conversation all about this. And you know, one of the things that I always come back to in my own leadership development, in my own, you know, yes, I've been in corporate, I've left corporate and run my own businesses. We now have partnership between you and I. You know, it always comes back to this foundational awareness of oneself. So for me personally, you know, I've used tools, I've used coaches, I've used multiple different layers to help me navigate my own awareness inclusive of you know resources like podcasts. But that awareness is core because generally there's a feeling internally when you're posturing, right? For me, at least, there's like a, oh, I'm saying that because it feels like the right thing to say with the people around the boardroom. It feels like it's you know the talk, the cultural talk and the language that we use. But where am I feeling out of alignment? And that's a word I use often. What does that feel like when I'm out of alignment? For me, it feels like a little bit nauseous to my stomach, like sick to my stomach. I get a little bit clammy. I start to, you know, maybe feel like my voice is a bit shaky and I'm not standing in my truth or my power in that conversation. And often in these self awareness assessments and/or bringing in tools has helped me to start to navigate those expressions so that I can actually feel not just think, but I can actually feel in my body when I am posturing. So personally, I always think it starts with awareness Mm. and that that awareness of self and behaviors does lead to kind of further conversations down the stream of like, how am I showing up? And really asking myself deliberate and intentional questions about the energy and how I'm showing up in different settings. Yeah, I'm curious I, to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think it, the the self check in is is probably the biggest gift you can give yourself in any role you play in life and business. Right? Is the who am I really being right now, and is it aligned with what I truly desire, what I believe about myself? Is it aligned with my core values? Does it reflect who I want to be known for? Um, is it creating the connections I want to be making? And uh, it's hard. It's hard when you're potentially been sitting in a posturing stance for 
a long period of time and you have this desire for more different and you're not necessarily sure, okay, well, what's it like? Where do I go to approach this? That self reflection time, which is why I always invest in coaches and people, like you said, you know, sometimes it's therapy, sometimes it's Mm -hmm. um, a group setting. It depends on what it is that I want to dive into. And I'm an immersive person. Like I'm not someone that likes to draw out the pain, <laughs> you know? And it's it's why Jackie has recently been seeing me suffering because I have like sciatic nerve issues and it's like drawing out. And I'm like, where's the immersive program for me to just <laughs> fix this? Mm -hmm. Like, can't I go check in and get a brand new body? But mm -hmm. it's something that, <laughs> that I'm now facing. And so my self-reflection of like, Okay, Karine, if you you're trying to make sure you're staying true to yourself and and what do you need right now to stay true to yourself and your highest version of self to show up for all that you need to show up for does not showing up right now is that the answer for others? Like do you just need to show up for yourself and do that healing and and realize that until I you know you face that discomfort and that misalignment to become stronger in your stance, can you actually show up authentically for other people and in your highest form? You know, and I think I think those are great tools. I would translate it into even um, simple exercises like your morning rituals and doing a journaling uh, exercise on who, what type of leader do I want to be today, and how can I make sure that it's aligned with my core values, and making sure that you're asking yourself those questions to be self-reflected in your own time and then um, set an intention for how you want to connect and care for your team uh, in that day and see how you show up in it. Is it filling you up? Is it bringing you down? You know, kind of do an inventory energetic uh, check. Yeah. And then um, you might come up with a really good list of things that you want to improve upon, um, do better at. You know, so I do think that the self... Uh, understanding and awareness is actually what raises your level of authenticity and how you show up in the world. Um, but especially as leaders, and if you're trying to move into management roles and you want to show and shine your best, it's important. What I do see though is a common theme when people are trying to pine for more, right? In a company, there's, there's this false construct of the only way you can advance in a company is it to become a manager, like to become a leader, to take care of teams. And I'll tell you the most successful leaders that I've seen um, that have long-standing true leadership stance are those that actually do the self-work first, that invest in themselves and their self-development first before taking on the responsibility of all the others. And, um, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of my clients about individual contributor track versus like the management leadership track. And that it is completely okay to figure out advancement in an individual contributor track if you're not quite ready yet to take care of and lead others, right? And mm -hmm. I think that is a huge form of love in order to really connect with what is it that you truly want to be and don't force yourself to be something that you truly are not meant to be because the construct is telling you, oh, the only way you're going to make more money is to do these things. I'll tell you that I have so many individual contributors and in consulting roles that work for my consulting company that 
make a shit ton of money doing that one thing and don't mm-hmm. have to like have anyone report into them. So think about also what's fueling your decisions, I think yeah. is important. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it leads me to this interesting question. I'm curious to get your thoughts on it because it's a conversation I've been having a lot lately and one that I had to have with myself, if I'm honest. So let's play a scenario out. Okay, let's say somebody steps into a broader leadership role and they are leading team and they're kind of at that, right at that level of going from kind of senior director to executive, right? And they're starting to really, based on the work that they've done on themselves and the awareness, they're starting to notice culturally that there's a, maybe a gap, a gap in values, a gap in leadership characteristics and styles that they would love to really step into for themselves. As somebody becomes more self-aware in that, yes, one choice is, okay, it's just not the right fit and let's look for other options. But I'm curious, if they choose to stay in that, what advice would you give them as they transition into executives if they believe fundamentally that they can bring a new style of leadership into maybe a more bureaucratic environment, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts there? Yeah. So um, if you're qualified and you're someone that um, definitely can take on what that executive role is granting you, really, don't forget that you're also in a leader at the mix at the same level as everyone else. Like what I love to bring out in people is that just because you're new to it across this team, your values and like uh, like the value bring and your qualifications and your skill set also empower your voice. Mm-hmm. So if there is something that is off kilter across that team and you see it that there's something you can actually help solve for and you can bring to their awareness, the, the problem is stale executive environments. That's the best way for me to describe it, where executives keep hiring themselves into an executive structure and think that their company is going to grow with having the same, same, same come in. And then you're thinking like you have to groom yourself to be the same, to be accepted into that executive structure. That's not a growing structure you want to be a part of anyway. Because it it is it is something that they're constantly hiring for and reflecting themselves in the room, which doesn't allow for much growth. So you're going to be uncomfortable anyway if you're mm-hmm. identifying that, hey, this structure is something that I'm going to have to turn into a reflection of them in order to be a part of it. Where, as opposed to, oh, look at how my skills will actually complement what they're doing and help them grow to the next level as well. So number one is like really assessing the environment of that culture and what you truly want as an executive stepping into it. And then figuring out how do you need to dialogue and connect with every single executive on that team to then truly understand their intentions, their desires, and what they feel they want to you know, take this business to as, as steering the ship of this company, right? To understand where alignment lies, but also assess the gaps. And then when you see the gaps that you are very passionate about, then it's up to you to put your foot forward and say, hey, I want to make a difference in this arena. Like step in as the true leader on that team. Mm-hmm. I always... Um, when I see passive executives, meaning they're waiting for the other executives or the CEO or the chairman of the board or whatever to tell them how to show up. 
you're not leading. You're a doer. Because all you're waiting for is a manifest for someone else to tell you how to go show up in it. And that's fine. And if it works in certain environments, great. But I'll tell you that that's also a dead end. And soon enough, you'll be receiving a package because you're not actually giving the input and the impact of what you're earning at that level. That's how I look at it personally, because why else are you in that role? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we haven't had much in the in the space of innovative group leadership, group executive leadership to create an inclusive dynamic that allows for all thought and all method and, and all ways to come together for a common goal. What we've created most environments is this is my silo. This is what I'm responsible for in this organization. And I'm going to tell you how my silo fits into your, your silos. And hopefully they communicate together and we can walk on this path together going forward. And that's where we have a breakdown, I think, at that table. So for the executive you're talking about, who's like, I really want to enter that arena, but I'm not sure if the way I look at things, the experiences I want to have as an executive, the impact I want to be able to have in the world will be accepted in this environment. I would challenge them to say, get in there, put your best foot forward every single day for the vision you have for the type of executive you want to be and stick with it for 12 months and test out your models on their dime. I love doing that. And when I work in corporate, it's like you always test out the model, maximize everything you want to bring to the table while someone else is paying you to do it. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't fit, then you have the experience of 12 months of what doesn't fit for you with the with increments of impact that you could have and make sure that you are always leading your teams in the way that you want to be led yourself like that is the the other thing that i've seen become a misstep is that they're constantly managing upwards or mm-hmm. or horizontally and they forget to bring their best to their teams yeah. And if you can cultivate more of the energy that you truly desire and who's reporting into you and who's under your management and who you're steering every day, that in itself has its own value energy that I think is really important to maximize as well in that in that scenario. Beautiful. Thank you for that. I think it's there's so many cores to that. And I love your philosophy of, hey, really assess who you want to be as leader, get clarity on that, and then fully step in. Mm-hmm. Right? Fully step in not only to the team in which you might be sitting around a boardroom table with or your peers, but also fully step in because uh, I know having led kind of larger, larger scale teams, that's also a place to play. Right? You have Definitely. multiple opportunities in a week with one-on-ones and team meetings and communication to try it on a new way and to test different philosophies that feel more authentic to you. And so I love that perspective and that and that feedback. So yeah, thank you for answering that one. Yeah, and let's stay on the theme too on like how can we help uh, managers, leaders, etc. like love on their team better during mm-hmm. this time. Like if we think about how 2020 was p- forcing people into remote management, which was brand new. I personally have been doing it since my early 20s. So it's something that is also... It's like very... Uh, I've grown up or my career in uh, on the West Coast, right? Like technology enabled me to manage teams remotely and still bring a vibe of connection and growing together, etc. But 
it's a different skill set, right? Mm-hmm. So if we think about all the managers and the leaders that have um, gone through 2020 of like this major shift in how they actually can show up and lead their teams, not necessarily wanting to be on these tech platforms to connect and feeling that their team might be having a sense of burnout or like lackadaisical or, or even just the, the fact that they had to integrate their home life with their work life is just straight up exhausting. What are some of the ways we can give them some guidance into 2021 on changing it up? You know, like reigniting the energy, even though we have to, most companies are still quite remote during this time as they're listening to this show and figuring out, you know, like how do we, how do we recharge the energy? How do we do this better or become more connected with our teams in a way maybe we haven't tried yet? Listen, the Zoom fatigue is real. Right, a lot of a lot of leaders, and you and I have both been working remotely. You longer than I, but for myself, for the last five years. Yeah. And when you're on a day of back-to-back Zoom calls, you're exhausted. There's an energy of technology that definitely is different than the energy that you can get walking through a hall or seeing a friend or grabbing a coffee or a tea in the lunchroom. Like, there's just a different energy that exists. Because in a way, you can never really get away from the work because the laptop's mm-hmm. at home in your home environment. So there's no real disconnect is, is one of the things I'm hearing a lot. Yeah. So there is fatigue and there is burnout. And that is very, very real. You know, some of the cool things that I've, I've seen companies do that has ignited a new conversation, innovative thinking, energy, and just some fun. You know, I think about a couple of experiences that we've had even with Clever Network. You yeah. know, Camp Joy being one of them. Yeah. Right? What a beautiful experience that was for me to just allow them to facilitate and come in. And as a leader of that network with you, we got to sit back and participate in that. Right. Yeah. They held not it have down. to lead it all. Yep. Yeah. Step <laughs> yeah. back every now and again. Just have someone else come facilitate. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a which is a beautiful experience. Um, I was a part of a mastermind that um, I was doing some coaching work in, and we did a experience where Generally, this this human does like dinner experiences, and he took it online. And I'm thinking, like, how do you create a dinner experience on Zoom? Well, he is incredibly innovative and created this incredible dinner uh, experience for us online. I've been to another event where it's now it went from in person to online because a lot of people had to make these shifts, and they brought a DJ. They literally yeah. had a DJ on the Zoom call. And so in between speakers and in between experiences, that vibration of energy and movement and, and having the music allowed people to laugh and have fun and spark a little bit of joy in their life. So I've, I've found that people have actually had to get more creative yeah. in 2020 and into 2021 of how do we ignite a spark of joy, of happiness, of celebration, love, whatever the energy component is that you're looking to do via these like Brady Bunch squares that we're all living in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that as a as the virtual way. I also think that even in a one-on-one, you could easily... Like the fact that like food delivery service is like such a easy thing now. Yeah. Even if you went around and asked everybody on your team, like what's your favorite meal from what restaurant that's near you? And all of a sudden surprise them one day with an Uber Eats delivery or something like where it's it's like we're all going to have lunch together and I'm sending you your favorite meals and we're going to enjoy it and talk about something that's not work related you know mm-hmm. that 
allows us to all get to know each other better. Because what's also happening in this environment, people are being hired. And you and I have placed a lot of different people in, in different companies throughout last year and now even more so into this year where they start remote. Mm-hmm. And that onboarding process is so critical to bring in that person not knowing you know, anybody has never had that on-site experience before. And there are actually companies now that are going full remote will never have the on-site experience. So figuring out that creative way to love on them and connect with them and know them is so critical in order to lead them when things get critical, right? Yeah. Like the, the companies that succeeded last year in the pivots they had to make was because they had a really strong team dynamic, all hands on deck, like we're going to make this happen and we're in it. The ones that the kind of tailed behind or felt like the broken energy was because they they hadn't cultivated that connection yet to say, okay, guys, we're in this crisis mode. Like, how can we navigate together? It was like crisis. Everyone's jumping ship. And then, then there's like the one person left to steer the ship that is like, I don't know how to do all these things, right? I myself don't want to do these things. I didn't ask for this. I didn't sign up for this role. I didn't expect my job to be something that I had to manage remotely. And so I think it's really critical to release all that together too. Yeah. One of the things that I would recommend too is to almost not have like a bitch fest, but like have time where you're actually hearing the true problems. Like what is difficult about this time? And you know me, I love my retrospective exercise. I run it all the time. But I think that's one of the key questions to ask is like, what's going really well? What do we need to stop doing? Like assess your practices as a team and get that true feedback and allow everybody to submit what needs to to stop doing so that you're not carrying also this weight of fatigue, unnecessary fatigue, because we're all being fatigued by this process anyway, (laughs) to um, move forward with. And I think that's a really great way to care for your team is to periodically check in on how is it actually going, how we operate in this way. And what can we start doing to build a deeper connection you know, going forward, but also efficiency to make it easier for everyone? A lot of people are having like no meeting Fridays, you know, but things right. always then creep into Friday because mm-hmm. Monday through Thursday isn't being looked at to say, how can we make Monday through Thursday efficient so that Friday truly is an off day, you know, as opposed to cramming it all in mm-hmm. <laughs> and then feeling so stressed by Friday, right? Well, I, and it's such a great point because I, you know, almost done differently. So if we take a, take another look at this and say, okay, people have their computers at home. So there's really no disconnect from it. And a lot of people aren't doing anything. Like, So I'm in Canada. We're in lockdown right now. So we're not even connecting outside of the day-to-day. So you know, we're sitting here on a Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. And that tends to happen. And so behaviorally, we need to be really aware of some of the tendencies. Meaning I've heard a lot from my leaders is... You know, maybe they're, uh, it doesn't matter where they are in the organization, but a leader clearly is there cleaning out their inbox on a Saturday or Sunday. And now they feel obligated behaviorally to step in and respond to all those emails. Right. So things like setting really intentional expectations boundaries. with your team and boundaries yeah. is loving. You know, it that is. is a loving act. 100%. So if you're a leader, 
you can, res- you, I mean, if you have the space and the time and that's when you jam out best and you want to do your emails on a Saturday, beautiful. Set it so that they go out on Monday morning at 8 a.m. when yeah. the boundaries open or when you're able to, you know, when, when we're not crossing that line for our teams. You know, that's one of the things I've seen a lot of. And the other thing that I've seen in some organizations is normalizing the fact that we are trying to integrate at home now. Meaning, you know, there's some leaders I've had conversations with who are parents who feel guilty, shameful, embarrassed when their kids walk in their office. I'm guilty of that. Yeah. You know, that's that posturing piece, though. Yeah. So, like, that's the piece where we have had such a disconnect between who we really are and all mm-hmm. the roles we play <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and integrate it into who we have to show up for when it is our job. And yes. and I love that you just brought that up because I do want to give our listeners permission to find a more authentic stance of who you truly are in all your roles, wherever you're showing up. Mm-hmm. So when it is a conversation with your kids, just like you told me before we got on this, like I'm about to record a podcast, you all go downstairs and play. Like I don't want to hear you in the background. Like you're trying to create the container for yourself to be focused. 100% awesome. And you did it in such a loving way with your kids because I'm sure you're going to go run around and play with them afterwards. But there's a, there's also the, well, if they truly needed you, are they not coming in to check in with you or tell you something or, or um, engaging with you? Because now they, they, you've created a container that like, do not come in here. And is that the right energy you want in your home? You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's where like the blurred lines are being created right now that we have to find the construct that like works for us as parents, as partners in life, you know, our romantic partners, as even with our dogs. I mean, the dog stuff is hilarious too. It's like you're on a call and then you get the bark bark or they're climbing up all over you, right? Like there's always this, this fear of how am I really being seen? And as opposed to saying, yeah, this is my, this is my life. And now my work life has entered into it. And so you are going to see parts of me you might not have known before. Yeah. And give yourself permission to be able to say, yeah, this is part of it. And, and have the pause in the moment. Be like, I need to put you on mute for a second so I have a, can have a conversation with my daughter right now. And just figure out how best to manage my time. Just give me a minute. Like People feel like you have to be on these Zooms and you're on because it's a camera. But if you were right. in person... If you were sitting there in person at a lunch and your kids were having a lunch, you know, and it's a work meeting and your kids were having a, a lunch at another table and they came over to you, would you be like, no, no, no? You know, no, you would engage with them. What's going on? Like, how can I help? And it would be this natural pause. It is just right. awkward to figure <laughs> out what a natural pause looks like when you're on camera. Plus, everything's being generally recorded. And then you're like, well, is this going to get shared everywhere? You know, <laughs> there's, there's that piece where I know people are having fear and fatigue from because everything is all over the place across our social platforms. And um, it's almost like it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. it, you have to, if you're being in your authentic stance aligned with who you are and you're showing also your teams and the people you work with that this is me authentically, please show up as yourself authentically. It gives the other person permission to show up that way. And you'll remove so the layering fun. of posturing that we talked about earlier in this conversation because you're actually showing up in authenticity and, and what, what is going on for you for real. And, and you and I always talk about the inner body energy. When that happens, it will create less of a 
um, fatigue, I think over time, if you're, if you're removing that filter of who I have to be and you're allowing yourself to be, because it takes a lot of energy to fake it, right? Like to, to be like, everything's fine. Like for me to sit here with all the back pain I have, I constantly keep moving my body to find the adjustments to make it so I'm comfortable. And if I have to stand up, I'll stand up. If I have to sit down, I'll sit down. If it's like, if it's comfortable for me to feel aligned in it, I have to do it. That's the, also the energy and just how you need to show up in all your conversations and all your connections and allow the time and space for the other person to hold space for you and say, I hear you. I feel you. I'm, I'm, I'm fatigued also. What do you need from me right now? That is the best way to love on your team is to ask that question. What do you so need from me right now in order to help you through this time and allow them to answer and listen. Right. Yeah. We just need to, I think that whole philosophy of asking a simple question and then being silent and creating a container that is not rushed. It is not, let's get right down to business. It could literally be like a love meeting, like in people's calendars for 30 minutes. I'm checking in on you. This yeah. is a check in meeting. Yeah. And I have two questions I'm asking everyone, right? And one of them is, how can I help you best? What do you need right now from me? Yeah. Right? And the yeah. other one is like a, an ability for them to feel safe to articulate all that's going on in their life. And questions yeah. are such a powerful way to really hear somebody and for that other person to feel seen fully. Yeah. And also celebrated. You know, I think okay. we in this time too can have such short transactions, whether it's a text message, to hop on this call, this video, et cetera. And we're in the doing. You know, when you're hiring someone, you're hiring them to do something. That's why you right. are paying them. They are doers. Everybody is a doer in a construct of hiring. So don't forget to also pause and celebrate. You know, yes. even if there were moments of, of what someone might consider weakness, which I call misalignment, right? Like we also have to change our language. It's just a misaligned moment, but that person bounced back and they got into it and we had so much success from that. Do not forget to also celebrate the wins. I think it's super critical for, for that type of energetic surge as well. Amen. So as we, as we wrap <laughs> up today, I would love to hear one thing that has happened in this like past year for you, or even just the, let's actually no, let's make it a shorter container. Let's say in this past week, Jackie, what is something that you would like to celebrate that we can pour some love on and and really anchor in for the energy of you showing up in your aligned self? Was there something that happened this week that anything that you want such to celebrate? A, such a beautiful question. I've this year I've used a filter of vibrancy. So I'm very focused on how does this make me feel? Am I more vibrant when I'm around this partner, this person, this container, all of those things? And as a, as a, I don't even know if I'm healed as a people pleaser at heart, right? And a chameleon a little bit. um, I'm starting to become aware of tendencies. And so I'm actually celebrating the fact that I'm saying no to things that feel misaligned. Yes. And I freaking that, love the no. <laughs> My listeners know I'm like, I'm like, yes, that power of the word no. Yay. Oh. Celebrating that leverage Ooh. of that power. That's huge. 
it, it you know what it does? It's created space and white space for more beautiful things to show up in my life. Different people, different conversations, like just authenticity has just flowed so much easier when I'm not the yes girl, which I have been for a majority of my life. So thank you. Thank you for asking that question. And now I get to hold the space for you. What are we (sighs) celebrating for you this week? I think for me, especially in this, this past week and navigating physical, physical pain with my driver energy of of my doing and my strategic side and wanting to serve my clients and and my listeners know I mean I have a very very concrete self-care routine every single day but waking up in pain and having a restless night because of pain is something that's so new to me like mm-hmm. I uh, I've I've never really had long-standing physical pain before and um what I want to celebrate is the fact that I am showing up for the things I get to do. Like I shifted my energy as opposed to this is painful. It's like, no, I get to. I get to lie on this floor and put my legs up and do my physical therapy. And and I, and I get to um, take the breaks in between my meetings. So when I am on camera and doing these Zoom meetings, I stand or I sit or whatever the comfortable... I'm trying to find my comfort in my body while engaging. I also want to celebrate the fact that I also stopped. Like it's the same thing with the no where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to force myself to sit here and, you know, plow out a proposal at my desk when my back is on fire. I'm going to go lie down. And I and I interacted with myself by listening to what my body needed in order to stay in the energy and do as as much as I could, right? Like I and I and I I want to celebrate that I didn't put myself down for it because the overachiever in me, like you're a recovering people pleaser. I am a recovering overachiever where (laughs) where would have just knocked myself down. Like, how did you not get this done? Why didn't you get this done? Now you're behind kind of energy. I just quieted that beast. And I was like, no, we are going to lie here on the sofa because that's as much as you can get done today. And that's okay because you're taking care of yourself. So that's that's what I want to celebrate. From yes, this yes, yeah. and I love the whole intention um, of listening to your body. Yeah. Your body is so wise. There's so much wisdom oh, in there. It tells us everything. And I'm so proud of you for listening and tuning into that. Yeah, thank you. You always hold space for me, and I love you for it. And and thank you for being one of my soul partners and gifting our listeners with this conversation. I know they're going to walk away with so many great things. Um, if they want to connect with you, Jackie, like what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, I hang across pretty much every platform, but mostly LinkedIn and Instagram these days, yep. just at Jackie Service um, or JackieService.com as well. Yeah, you know how I like to say your name with a little accent. So, well, you know what? You just you make <laughs> me, like, you me French Canadian, <laughs> which I actually love. I'm like, yeah, service. It's really exciting. <laughs> so that's Jackie J A C K I E S E R V I S S. So you guys can follow her on the socials. She and I hang out on Insta and LinkedIn all the time. And we'd love to hear what your takeaways are and if you had any aha moments from listening to this. But also if you want to work with us, like we are here for you. It's what we do. So you could also email expert at clever, that's C-L-E-V-R services, S-E-R-V-I-C-E-S dot com. And um, let us know because we'd love to come into your companies and assist you. You see how loving we are, but we also are very strategic and actionable 
and able to help you achieve what it is that you want in your life and business. But thank you again, Jackie, for helping me today help others love on their teams and and really connect authentically with their leadership stance. And I'll see you all in the next episode. Wasn't that such a great episode? I know you got amazing takeaways from that. What I would love for you to do for me, if you can help me extend my reach, is go ahead and subscribe to the show so you get the latest notification and listen before anyone else. Also, if you could go ahead and post your review, your five-star review will help me get other people interested in this conversation and extend my reach of impact. Most of all, I would love for you to share this with your community. It means so much to me to have you as a listener and I would love to connect with you. So if you have any questions you would like me to answer on this show, go ahead and email hello at kareenwalsh.com and my team will make sure that I get your questions so we can get them answered on the show for you. Thank you so much for listening today and I'll see you on the next episode.